Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, the only podcast that dares to ask and answer the question, is Lost a good TV show? I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. Emma, hello. Hello. How are Episode you, three. Oh, Episode I'm great. Three. I can't wait to talk about this. I, so, like, general thoughts. What, what do you think about this episode? I loved the Kate backstory. I like that yeah. we get to see more about that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about how it ended. Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean the very last shot? The, yep. Yeah, sure. yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I think it was a really good one. I feel like we're just kind of getting into the dynamics of certain characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I I really enjoy that piece. I like that piece a lot more than the action. Sure. What did you think of it? Oh, yeah. It's, this is great. I mean, this is where the show starts. Because for the first two episodes, the flashbacks are not... For one, they're only about the plane crashing, which is cool. I, I They're... And it's like great sets and effects and everything, um, but it isn't. Uh, it doesn't really give you more insight into the characters. It's kind of just like a, a what a normal flashback would be on a TV show. So now we're really getting into the uh, the the flashbacks being like, oh, this is how we like find out more about the characters without them having to say it to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now they're starting to get a little juicy. Yeah, I mean, this like basically this is the first episode. That kind of sets the template, I think, for what the rest of the series is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll play with that. And there, I think there's a few other episodes where it's multi-character flashback episodes or, like, episodes. I know for sure there's one that just shows everybody getting to the airport, but mm-hmm. which sounds boring, but I think I remember that being pretty good. But yeah, so, uh, Tabula Rasa, episode three, J.J. Abrams created the show along with... Uh, Jeffrey Lieber and Damon Lindelof directed the first uh, two episodes, basically. He had directed the pilot, and then he, uh, he's he gone. He pushed that baby bird out of the nest, as J.J. Uh, Abrams loves to do. He's mm-hmm. so good at starting things. Um. <laughs> Third episode is called Tabula Rasa. Now, I don't want to embarrass you on here, so I'll say this first. I am not a college graduate. Mm-hmm. I'm not... A high school graduate. Uh, so I didn't know what Tabula Rasa meant the first time I watched this episode and discovered that was the title. Do you do you know about it? If the philosophical I had to guess, concept. Um, mm-hmm. Red table is a rough <laughs> translation. That's no. actually re- that's really good. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. Okay, so it's it's Latin for blank slate. Oh, okay. But I, I think when we use blank slate. Uh, now we kind of use it to mean like, like they do in the episode where it's like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it's more concerned with, uh, like epistemology, I think is the, the science or, uh, logical school of it. But it, it it's more concerned with your, when you're born, you're a blank slate and you, so none of your, it, I think it's kind of, contra- it's advocating for free will and, uh. It's falling real heavy on the uh, nurture side of nature versus nurture. Mm. Um, someone who talks about it a lot is the 17th century philosopher John Locke. Oh. Uh, the real the real boy. Um, 
we'll definitely be talking about him once we get a lock episode, uh, if that ever comes. We don't know if it will. He uses it, I believe he says it's, uh, he, he uses it as white paper. That's what he says instead of mm. blank slate. But, um, so this came out on October 6, 2004. As we all know, that is my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh. In 2004, Great. I was 13, which means I probably didn't remember it. I cannot imagine I remembered it in 2004. So maybe I called him on the 7th or 8th and said, hey, sorry, I forgot your birthday. Um, that's definitely possible. Do you think he watched this episode when it came out on his birthday? Like he was jazzed for a new episode of Lost? I think he was sitting at home waiting for me to call. Sure. And he probably <laughs> missed the episode. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry, Dad. I hope you ended up getting to see it someday. But this podcast isn't about my daddy. It was directed by Jack Bender. Great name. Um He's directed a decent amount of Lost. I really, I didn't look at exactly which ones. I think he might have directed the finale, but uh, I, I, I kind of went through the list and then I stopped. But he he's he directs a number of season one episodes and a couple that I know are some of my absolute favorites. He also directed in the Sopranos um, the the Kevin Finnerty episode, which I think was my favorite one. Which of one? That. Sorry. That's the one where uh, Tony is in the coma. Oh, and so he so that's a that's a two parter. He directed the second part, which has uh, Stevie Shemi at the end with the the uh, family um, the family uh, get together in the in the house that okay. he's going to the family reunion. Yeah, um, interesting. Great, great episode of that show. Um, and then. He also directed one episode of season six of Game of Thrones. I don't remember what it was. I didn't really look it up. I think that's about when the show started getting bad, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it, the last season was season eight, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So it still probably had some some good stuff. Anyways, he's good. Um, but we're not here to talk about a show that started off as a cultural phenomenon and then dropped off with a much-hated finale. We're here to talk about Lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's start it out. Tabula Rasa. Uh, that's the first episode to get a previously on Lost. Previously on Lost. I wish I could do that voice so bad, but I, I can't. I can't go low enough. So the voice, the, the guy who does that voice is Lloyd Braun. I don't know if I mentioned him by name last episode, but he's the executive that got fired for Greenlighting Lost. Oh, no. So Do they change who says it then? No, no. So it's always him. Uh, they gave it to him as kind of like a, a like, I think that's like J.J. Abrams saying like, hey, you helped us out, so we're going to do something for you. So mm. he, he's not credited. It was like a weird mystery. Uh, like people were trying to figure out who it was that said it. That kind of stuff is always weird to me because it's like, it's not going to ever be important who does the previously on Lost. Yeah, I mean, that's the mystery you're trying to figure out. Yeah, I think people are just so, they expected everything to be a clue. Oh, sure. It's so, it's just so funny. I think it would be so funny if in like episode 12 of the show, there's a guy who just comes up and just sounds like that. It's like, hey, Jack, how's it going? <laughs> uh, so previously over in the, you know, on the camp. Like, <laughs> I just, I like, then I guess it would make sense to be wondering who that is. But, uh, no, it never comes up in the story of the show, but just kind of neat. 
So we get a little bit of a shot of survivors uh, kind of gathering stuff out of the wreckage. And then we cut to the marshal. Now, so the marshal's name is not credited in the episode. Um, but there was a thing when this came out where it's like the official Oceanic Airlines website. It was like one of those like fake, um, I can't think of the word for it, the ARG type games where you, you go onto the website and you try and mm-hmm. find clues mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And you can find out through that, and eventually he'll be credited as this in the show, but his his name is Edward Mars. Now, I have always thought that is so lazy to name the U.S. Marshal Edward Mars. Like, you might as well just name him Edward Marshall. Yeah. Or... Is what I thought. Marshall. Or just, yeah, Marshall Mars. That'd be, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great, actually. Um, well, so speaking of the Marshall Mars, I discovered this while I was doing a little bit of research uh, for the podcast... Um, on the 5th of April, 1950, while on a test flight following an engine change, a United States Navy Martin JRM-3 Mars seaplane called the Marshall Mars suffered an engine fire and made an emergency landing at Hawaii. The airplane's crew was rescued, but the airplane exploded and sank. Mm. So, he is named after a plane crash, which is interesting. I don't know if that's supposed to be a clue. I mean, seems like pretty deliberate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's just kind of whispering over and over, she's dangerous, we have to find her. Uh, Jack just kind of thinks she's delu- or thinks that he's delusional, but then he has a moment of clarity and uh, shows Kate's mugshot that he has in his jacket pocket. Very photogenic mugshot. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Do you think she would have ended up on like one of those like mugshot hotties mm-hmm. websites or whatever those on Facebook and uh, 1, all the time? One thousand percent, she would yeah. have a modeling career out of that mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> and then there'd be all these posts about how you, this this woman actually murdered her entire family, mm-hmm. and you guys are getting you should horny feel over guilty. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask. <laughs> this is. I mean, it works narratively. It's fine. Why does he have a picture of her mugshot? No, I know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He just printed it off. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, so I, I, I guess so that, like, if someone's like, hey, why are you uh, escorting this woman with handcuffs through the airport? He pulls it out and goes, no, look, she, she's a criminal. And they say, oh, okay. Or you I printed guess that she, off. So I guess that. She's known for, like, escaping, so I yeah. guess it would be advantageous to have a picture just in the event she gets away. I mean, have you seen this woman? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the jungle, Kate's group decides to make camp for the night. Uh, Sawyer wants to keep walking, and Saeed pulls a classic Scooby-Doo. Okay, fine, you can just go out there with all the monsters in the jungle and see if you make it back. And Sawyer decides to stay with them. He won't give back the uh, the clip to the gun, so Sawyer has no bullets. Saeed acts out the crash. This is a good refresher, because obviously they had no idea whether or not people would have tuned in for the pilot. So even, if, mm-hmm. even though it was insanely popular, you may not have. So he acts out the, the plane crash with a, a rock and a stick, um, and Sawyer... Sawyer recaps the tra- the whole thing with a transmission. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty pretty forced dialogue, but they both do a really good job with it. Uh, they're both charismatic. I do like the little exchange with uh, Said and Charlie, where uh, 
Saeed Charlie's like, they can get a satellite photo of a license plate. And Saeed goes, oh, if only we were all wearing license plates. Mm -hmm. Um, the main, the main thing from this scene is that they all decide not to tell the rest of the group. I guess in order to not take away hope of being rescued. Uh, this seems pretty silly, right? Like, that's a... Why do you care? You were all just in a plane crash together. Like, you're, you're, you don't need to carry the burden of this for everybody. Yeah, I guess I understand not wanting people to panic. Um, I understand that part of it, but if you... It adds so much more to, like, rationing, and we need to band together and find food, and I feel like it would make the stakes a lot more real had they just been honest about it. But I, I also understand, like, not wanting people to panic, too. Yeah. I guess I just wonder what people panicking would do. Because, hmm. like, what they're not going to, like start tearing stuff apart or, like, stampeding somewhere. <laughs> like That's true. They're all still just stuck on the island. Like, I guess they can throw sand around. Maybe they'll start fighting or something. But we go back to the beach. Uh, Hurley is asking Jack if the thing that he saw in the jungle was a dinosaur. I guess echoing what a lot of people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack says, no, dinosaurs are extinct. But we don't know. It may have been a dinosaur. Jack, Jack seems pretty cagey about it. Uh, the marshal's wound is infected, so Jack does this whole thing about how if his abdomen starts going rigid, that's kind of the end for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurley finds the mugshot, which I guess Jack has left on top of a table. Like I, I would have put that in the in my pocket if I wanted to keep that yep. secret. But and then we get something. This is the first time I'm mad at a character on the show. Episode three, Jack will not speculate about why Kate. Was arrested. What is that? What That's the heck? That's not real life. Yes. Gossip, Jack. Mm-hmm. Come on, spill the tea. I would be so happy to have something to do on the island where I could wonder, why is she in this mugshot? But nope, Jack. Jack's a good little boy, and he doesn't question things, I guess. Back in the jungle, Boone tries to take the gun and the clip so that he can keep watch. He... Lifts it off of Sawyer pretty well, but not Saeed. This is pretty good. I mean, it just shows Boone trying to... It's kind of like with uh, with him trying to do the tracheotomy on Rose in the first episode. Where it's like, he's trying to take charge, but he just is incompetent. Mm-hmm. So, they, they decide to give the gun to Kate. The exchange uh, with his sister really cracked me up a little bit. With, with the, uh, you go on marches you and stuff? You go on marches, yeah. Yeah. You don't even know how to use a gun. Yep. Yep. Uh, Boone does not support the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. But when you're on an island, all that stuff goes out the window. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they give the gun to Kate. They just, like, they're arguing over who should have it, and then uh, they decide to give it to Kate. This Kate is kind the of... convict. Yeah. And but, the so ominous is... music. It goes along with it. (laughs) Yeah, this is supposed to be tense. Mm -hmm. But, like, we just saw in the last episode how she had the gun and took it apart. And, like, if she wanted to be nefarious, she could have just been like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this. And I don't think anyone would have argued then. Like, it just doesn't doesn't quite hit. It seems like they're trying to set it up way more than Mm -hmm. uh, that she's, like, some 
dangerous lunatic. But I guess at this point, we don't know anything about, about Kate, so... Oh my god. Also, when Hurley is like, she looks hardcore. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She looks yeah. like a 100-pound woman. Yeah, Hurley, she's wearing mascara. Yeah. That's what's different. <laughs> <laughs> so we get our first flashback. Uh, Kate is sleeping in a barn. She gets woken up by the farmer, whose barn it is. Uh, she says that she walked from the nearest town. And uh, she she gives her name as Annie, says she's Canadian. And she says, sorry. Sorry, yes, yeah, she does. She really I, well, so, into the Canadian accent. She is Canadian. I think there's a... There's a couple times I remember when watching the show where it, like, really comes out and you're just like, oh, yeah, she is actually Canadian. Mm-hmm. That is kind of funny that they use that as her first cover story. So the, the, the farmer's name is Ray, Australian farmer, offers, him a, or offers her a job because his wife has passed away. And uh, she left him with too many chores and a hell of a mortgage. <laughs> um, and he only has one arm. Uh, and she decides to stay. Uh... Back on the beach, Kate's team is back. Uh, they say the transceiver failed, they, but they don't tell everyone um, why or about the transmission. So everybody's, like, gathered around as, as Saeed is laying all this out. The, it kind of crystallized something for me watching this that I've thought on previous watches, which is that Saeed should be the leader, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, he should be the leader of this group. He's, like, done the most to try and get them off. I guess he didn't go with them to get the transceiver originally, but... Yeah. Uh, Kate breaks off to tell Jack about the transmission. Um, at first she just says she needs to tell him something. Which I... I think... I guess he was hoping that she would tell him about her being a convict, but... Uh, she doesn't. And there is, like, a cool tension here where it's, like... She's trying to get information about the marshal, but she doesn't know that he knows, so he mm-hmm. sees right through her little attempts. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't bring it up with her at all. Jack still won't speculate with Hurley about why. Uh, Hurley hasn't checked inside the plane for meds because of all the bodies, uh, so Jack goes to do it. Sawyer is already in there uh, looting. He, Jack asks him what he has. He says, uh, booze, smokes, a couple of playboys, what's in yours? Uh, medicine, well, that just about sums it up. <laughs> uh, so Sawyer is, once again, the two things he's done so far in the episode is uh, recap the narrative uh, element of the last episode and uh, recap the thematic elements of his and Jack's two characters. But he does make a fair point that they're using up a lot of meds for a guy that doesn't seem like he's going to be getting any better. Mm-hmm. And I like that he had that line about, like, you're still living in society and I'm in the wild. Yeah, I'm in the wild. Yeah, that was a good, yeah. good line. Yeah. Very r- real, too. Yes. So, Sawyer seems like one of those people that's, like, just desperate for a zombie apocalypse to happen. Mm-hmm. Where he's, he's, he's ready to go feral at any given moment. He's oh, just yeah. ready to, like, cut off society and start barter town. Um, we get a, Charlie has a cute little moment with Claire where she's trying to wheel some luggage across the beach, uh, even though she should not be doing that. It's insane that anyone's letting her do that. Uh, Charlie takes the luggage, puts it on a wheelchair that he's using, and then he tries to be sly and, uh, find out whether or not Claire is married or has a boyfriend. So he was flirting with her, right? 
Yeah, for That's, sure. But what are your thoughts and feelings on that? Well, I mean, we'll get into this more. Charlie is my least favorite original cast character by mm-hmm. the end of it. He has great moments, but boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah, insane to be flirting with the uh, nine months and one week pregnant woman yeah. uh, who's, who's on the island. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, he's already, like, been flirting with Shannon and Kate. Like, he's, I guess, just trying to get... He's trying to get an island girlfriend. And uh, I guess he's looking at Claire now. He's He has the worst judgment... I think <laughs> of of all the characters. So far. you mean because he's a brown sugar addict? Yes. Yeah. 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 Can't get on that his stuff. Brain that brown sugar. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Uh, so <laughs> Sun and Jin are looking for Jin's luggage. I think is this is the first time we get subtitles, right? It is. Yep. And that makes them a little more. You know, it makes him more soft. Because I think you pointed out that in the first two episodes, he seemed, like, abusive, almost. Yes. And now we kind of get, like, a softer side of him. Yeah, he tells her that she should clean herself up because she's covered in soot and dirt and stuff. Uh, and he tells her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Hurley runs into Kate, and they she introduces herself. And, that, like, uh, and he, you know, is very awkward about it. It's a pretty funny scene. I, I think that the moment where uh, she turns and looks and he sees that she has a gun uh, in her jeans is pretty funny. That's mm-hmm. that's a good bit. Um, uh, and then he sprints away from her. I don't know what... I mean, what does she... Does he think that she's going to just kill him right away? Know. But he's he's scared. Mm-hmm. He's, he's freaked out. And then we get a... It starts raining... And we get the survivors using tarps for rainwater. I love the jungle rain where it just starts and stops all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's... I think I feel like I remember looking that up to see if that was how it is. And I guess it can be in, like, the tropical climates. I've never really been anywhere tropical, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, um, I used to work in Costa Rica, and it was a lot like that. Like, it really? would just downpour, and then the sun would come out, like, a minute later. Yeah. Yeah, sounds pretty great, although it might just be me wanting any kind of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get another flashback. Kate is hiding her money in a coffee can behind a false panel that I guess she created in Ray's pantry, or maybe she just found it. I don't know. I uh, thought when I first saw this, I thought that she was stealing from him. Oh, Sure. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of seem like that at, at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bank would have given you a hell of a toaster mm-hmm. if you gave him that. She, what would I do with a toaster? Uh, she says she's got trust issues. She's leaving in the middle of the night. Uh, but he convinces her to stay one more night. Says everyone deserves a fresh stat. Uh, this scene made me mad. Did it? Yeah. Why? Because knowing what happens oh, sure. later in the episode... He's just being so manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's uh, he's setting her up. I it, it He seems charming at this point, though. Like, he does. the first time you're watching it, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, what a sweet old man. And he's obviously lonely and uh, just wants her to 
uh, go with him when she leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I, I think maybe before the flashback, and then the flashback happens, but Kate is like real close to the marshal's face. I don't know what she's looking for, like if she's looking for if he's actually awake or not. Maybe she wanted to give him a little kiss or something, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It looked like she wanted to give him a little kiss, a little smooch. Well, yeah, a little peck on the cheek, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, he does not reciprocate that. He wakes up, starts choking her. Uh, Jack uh, breaks it up, gets him back down. He's, like, starting to just, like, convulse. He's clearly not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks Kate what she did to make him do that. She says nothing. Uh, he goes out to get some more water. They have a great fight in the rain. She asks if it's gonna be if it's gonna be quick or painless, and he says no, it's gonna be slow, and he's gonna feel it. As she asks if it's if he should do something about it, and Kate said, or and Jack says, oh no, I'm not a murderer. Uh, he saw he lets him lets her know that he saw the mugshot. So does Jack think that she's a murderer at this point? What are you thinking is going through Jack's head? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, through Jack's head, I think Jack is just feeling, I think him and Kate were kind of like buddies mm-hmm. up until this point, and he's probably just a little bit hurt that, like, he found out this about her. But, I mean, obviously, they did just meet two days ago, so I don't know how hurt you can be. But, yeah, I mean, it's... And also, he's been performing surgery, she's been hiking up to see a trans... I mean, at what point was she supposed to tell him any of this? Right. Yeah, and I... I I mean, I guess I don't know. I will say, like, whatever Kate did, and we don't know, although if I had to guess, I'd say she threw her shoe at George W. Bush while he was giving a speech. <laughs> uh, but we don't know. We don't know what she did. Uh, but whatever she did, it is enough to get a U.S. Marshal to fly to Australia to track her down and uh, bring her back. So... That's true. I just, and, the reward, and I know $23,000 is like a ton of money, but. Is that a lot of money to you? If <laughs> It seems like it would be more if she was like, um, and of course Jack doesn't know like this backstory part at all, but like, I, I don't remember like what, her, how she got into so much trouble. So I'm kind of like working through it and trying to think. Mm-hmm. Um. But if she was, like, a murderer, I feel like her, the reward money would be more than that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know you know. But I, I am, like, struggling to think of what she did. Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out. We definitely don't find out this episode. Jack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack. Asshole. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> We get another flashback as Kate stares in the rain as Jack walks away. Uh, get a little bit of Patsy Cline if you've got leaving on your mind. Um, Poignant. Now, do you do you like Patsy Cline? Have you listened to her much? I do like Patsy Cline. I am more of like a Dolly Parton girl myself, but okay, I sure. do like Patsy Cline. Yeah, Patsy Cline's great. She's amazing. Yeah. the uh, Ray, the farmer, asks... Uh, uh, Kate, because they're both in a car headed into town, presumably. Uh, he asks her a question, which I love so much, which is, they listen to Pitsy Klein in Canada? Any. <laughs> and um, she says they listen to Patsy Klein everywhere. Now, do you do you know how Patsy Klein died? 
I don't, no. She died in a plane crash. I think she was Did like 30. She? Yeah. So those are like the like two what? little references we've gotten so far are both uh, plane crash related. Yeah. Uh, the Marshall Mars and uh, Pitsy Cloyne. Uh, she was very... I mean, it's wild to think about. I feel like that stuff doesn't really happen to... I'm, uh, Kobe Bryant, I guess, just died in a uh, helicopter crash, but... I can't think of a time when, like, some... Because she's, like, a huge star. Um, yeah. That would be wild. It'd be like if Taylor Swift, like, died in a submarine accident or right. something. You'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> I guess Aaliyah. Did Aaliyah? she die in a plane crash? I don't know who that is. She was, like, an R&B singer. Okay. I could be wrong, but... Yeah, Kobe is hmm. the last person... Yeah. That I can think of. But I think what it is, is like sometimes those like helicopters, um, helicopter crashes happen a lot more frequently than people think. Um, And I think with those smaller planes, too, it might just be easier to to crash those than like those big commercial ones. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what I'm that talking is, that about. Is what, but... No, that is what she was in. She was in one of those uh, smaller planes, I sure. believe. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've never, have you ever ridden in a helicopter? I don't think you could pay me to get on one. No, I've been in one, but I did not mm-hmm. want to, like, go up. Yeah. Doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it should be in the air. No. I guess planes don't either, but they make more sense to me than helicopters. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so Ray is checking out behind him in the rearview mirror. He is, uh... Not sly at all. He has no game. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, Kate is suspicious immediately. Asks what she's checking on, um, and she asks, "How could you?" When she realizes he turned her in, and uh, he needed the reward money. Twenty three thousand dollars is a lot, and he does have a hell of a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So this scene, and a part of the next flashback too, uh, is it, it's good, and I like it. It's good characterization for everyone, but the the logistics of the driving does not make any sense to me. Um, no, what? Why is he doing that? Why is so, he going yeah. beside them? Why? Well, so for for one thing, for it to work, because they drive on the wrong side of the road in Australia, mm-hmm. they <laughs> the marshal had. Ray had to go into the wrong lane so that the marshal could pull up next to them mm-hmm. and do the finger gun thing. Which, that's a weird thing to coordinate. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> why did he do that? For sure. But it's, um, it's also, why did he, like, it's entirely possible that Ray didn't give it away, and so Kate wouldn't know that the marshal was coming. So then the marshal just gave that away, too. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it, even though it had already happened, um... It's just an interesting scene, but uh, we go back to the island. It's pouring rain, and Michael is uh, hunkering down underneath some tarps with uh, Walt uh, and asks about Locke. Um, I think this is fair. Uh, oh, 100%. I would have the same conversation with my child. Yeah. Why is that bald man uh, talking to you? Telling yeah. you secrets? Yes. Um, and Michael tells him not to not to interact with him anymore. Uh, so we have, we didn't really talk about him much. Um, Walt 
is played by Malcolm David Kelly. On the show, Walt is 10, as Michael barely remembered last episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, In real life, he was 12 at the time. Mm. Uh, He is now part of a uh, singing... Or he's part of a band called MKTO. Uh, It's a duo with another guy. So the MK stands for Malcolm Kelly. I don't remember what the other guy's name is. Um, I looked him up. They had a couple songs that sounded familiar. Uh, Oh, they they have popular. So they're not. They've never been like song in the summer number one on all the charts type popular. But they've like they've cracked like the top forty a few times. Like they're they're not they're not. like some little rinky-dink thing. They are popular. And they do have, like, shows that they sell out and everything, so... But yeah, he hasn't... I feel like he just hasn't acted in much... I haven't seen him in much of anything. Um, and entirely possible that he didn't want to be an actor after being a child actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty common phenomenon. So we get such a good bit here. I love this so much. Uh, Walt says, Oh, Locke at least cares about me and he talks to me like I'm a person. Michael says... Uh, he does two, and then Walt goes, "Oh well, if you were, if you cared about, it, you'd be looking for Vincent." And Michael says, "Oh, I'll, I'll go look for him right now, I, I, or as soon as the rain stops." And then, mm-hmm. bam, uh, instant sunshine, so good. So Michael starts trudging through the jungle, um, muttering to himself about <laughs> how stupid he was to say that. I, I gotta say, what what else are you doing, Michael, that you can't look for this dog? Yeah, well, just go look for the dog. What's wrong with that? Uh, but here's some kind of animal. I don't. It's not the monster. Um, maybe it's another polar bear or something. I don't know. Like a maybe it is Vincent. It's uh, he's just growling real heavy. I don't. It seems I don't know. Mean whatever. Seems mean. It is. Yeah. It seems mean. It chases after him, and then he runs, runs, runs. He's got his adrenaline pumping. Then he cuts into a clearing, and now his adrenaline is pumping for a whole other reason mm-hmm. he sees uh son giving herself a sponge bath uh his nose immediately starts bleeding classic anime pervert scene mm-hmm. <laughs> harold perrineau is great and this is so funny just him talking to himself so i didn't see anything i didn't see anything and he hands her his shirt really slowly and he just kind of like wanders off shell-shocked it's it's very funny son presumably could have avoided this whole thing by just turning to the side and thus becoming invisible yeah. to the naked eye. She yeah. looks real tiny. <laughs> she is very small. Um, very petite. Yeah. And it's it's great because she doesn't speak English. So, like, presumably his rambling is just complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. So she just sees a guy wander up on her while she's changing and then talk to her a bunch and then shuffle off. Mm-hmm. Locke is... Whittling a whistle, uh, and Charlie comes up. Charlie tries to drop that he's in a band. Um, that exchange is so good. It's great. He doesn't mm-hmm. care at all. Locke does not uh, give a shit. <laughs> uh, we and the marshal is like screaming in the background, yeah. the whole, or not screaming, but I mean he's like heaving and groaning. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just in a lot of pain. Everyone can hear it on the beach. Uh, Shannon, who is presumably a lot like. One of the writer's ex-wives says that mm-hmm. she wishes uh, he would die. <laughs> I mean, they're just making her an evil demon at this point. And uh, Saeed comes up to Jack and tries to find out what's going on. 
says the rumor says that you can't save the marshal. Nighttime on the beach, Kate is starting to get a fire going, can't get some matches, and so Sawyer gives her a lighter. We get a pretty funny little scene where he tries to be slick. Like, he clearly had it all planned out in his head where he comes up and says, I just wanted to say thank you. And then she would go, oh, thank you for what? But Kate is completely uninterested in him, and so Mm -hmm. he has to do it himself, basically. Um, But uh, says thanks for taking the gun off off of him. Uh, She says she didn't take it, and he says, well, it's sticking out of your denims, ain't it? Um, But he wouldn't want to be the one who has it because everyone knows the marshal needs to die. Something needs to be done, but uh, there's only one bullet left to be damn near poetic. This is Sawyer basically just stirring the shit, right? Like, the, he doesn't need to do this yeah. at all. Just, I mean, and that's kind of my thing with everyone who's, like, getting annoyed by the marshal. They're like, go walk down the beach. You have a whole island. You, you have an entire island. Yeah. Just walk until you can't hear him moaning his, you know, last breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, the marshal looks like he is dying. Uh, he doesn't look good. The makeup is great on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's acting pretty well, too. Uh, he says to Jack, no matter what she does, no matter how she makes you feel, uh, she'll don't trust her. She'll do anything to get away. Like, bro, she's already away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she'll say that to him later. Mm-hmm. I, do you get the feeling that there's like some kind of like romantic thing with her and oh, the marshal? Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, obsessed with her. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a reciprocated thing. Uh, Kate is kind of manipulative, uh, so maybe she did that to him too. But like, yeah, he uh, he's he doesn't want to see Jack become a slave to her feminine wiles. I mm-hmm. guess um, Jack does finally ask what she did, but the marshal won't tell him. He wants to talk to her alone. Uh, Jack hesitates, and Marshall says, "Oh, she got to you too." And then we get a flashback. Uh, Kate crashes the the truck. So she she crashes both cars. She rams them into each other. The the truck that she's in starts burning up. So she pulls Ray from the wreckage. Gets him clear of the explosion. I did have a little chuckle, and his arm popped off. So I have always wondered why that was, and I looked it up this time. Um, the reason that his arm that she pops off his arm there is because I guess. Originally, the flashbacks were supposed to be shown not in sequential order. And so this, the the part where she's dragging him out, like, all bloody and with his arm missing, is supposed to be, like, a little fake-out at the beginning of the episode. Oh. Where it looks like she, like, just completely, like, serial-killered him. Gotcha. Um, and and then, oh, then you'd see the rest of the flashbacks and realize that uh, she was trying to save his life. Um... I think it's probably better to do it this way. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, that that prosthetic that looks... I don't know what the point of that is. doesn't look like it. he can move it at all. I guess no. just so that he has something to put in his shirt sleeve. Yeah. Um, uh, so, back on the island, the marshal wants to know uh, from Kate what her favor was that she was going to ask. And we get a little repeat flashback. I don't think there's any new information in this. Of uh, her on the plane saying that she needed to ask a favor, the the bag comes down and hits the marshal in the head, and uh, she wanted to make sure that Ray was going to get his money, um, and uh, she repeats the he had a hell of a mortgage. Um, the marshal asks if he's going to die, 
and are you going to do it or what? Mm-hmm. Pretty rough, pretty rough uh, last words there. Jack is out on the beach, and Hurley asks if he left the marshal alone with Kate. This is kind of weird because Jack's like, uh, "Well, what what's Kate going to do, Hurley? She's 120 pounds, soaking wet." And and Hurley's like, "Yeah, well, she has a gun." And then that makes Jack, but like, anybody could take the marshal out. I could kill yeah. the marshal. Like, who wouldn't be? He's uh, he's almost dead already. Mm-hmm. She could just like put a pillow over his face and not even hold it down, and right. it would probably take care of him. <laughs> so Jack starts running towards the tent, but it's all good because Kate is like walking away. Um, they kind of stare at each other for a second, and then bam, gunshot goes out. Sawyer did it. He walks out of the tent holding the smoking gun. The he tells Jack that the marshal wanted it. Jack is getting real mad. Um, and then all of a sudden you hear wheeze from the tent. Oh my god. He didn't kill him. Oh, isn't this great? Oh my this... god. Why would you shoot him in the heart? <laughs> yep. Also, if he was asking to die, why wouldn't you just let him like shoot himself? That's Yeah, give question. him the gun. Give him the gun. Then there's For no sure. like guilt from anybody else. I don't understand. Yeah, it's a bad plan. Mm-hmm. It's great because up until this point, nothing has gotten Sawyer to break even a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's been like cool and calm the whole time, and then all of a sudden he realizes he didn't kill the marshal, and he starts going, "I, I, I only had the one bullet." Like he's kind of freaking out a little bit. It's great. Um, he wanted it to be damn near poetic, but he sends Sawyer out of the tent, and then Jack kills him. Jack probably suffocates him, I would guess. It doesn't really show us. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, instead of letting the marshal bleed out for hours, he uh, he, he, he kills him himself. Uh, this is great. I, this is, like, such a good... I, I love that scene. I think that's such a good, like, character beats for all of them. Yeah. And it just... Absolutely. And I think it's also just really interesting that... Jack is like, he just wants it to be natural. He doesn't want, he wants to do everything in his power to um, pretty much like elongate the inevitable. Like this poor man, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is suffering, but he ends up being the one who does it anyway. Yeah. After working, you know, and spending all that time trying to save him try to save a man who can't be saved it's yeah very jack he's it's so jack the it it's great because yeah up until that point they thought rescue was coming uh at some point and now they're realizing no it's not it's not coming someone's been stuck here for 16 years at least mm-hmm. although i will say that transmission it would be funny if the french woman got saved like two weeks later and just forgot to turn yeah. off the transmission. She's she's gone. <laughs> there's there's all this, there's these weird flashbacks of a French woman like in Miami or something, just uh, <laughs> just chilling on the beach. Um <laughs> But also if you were on trapped on an island and like unknown traumas have happened to you where everybody around you is dying and being killed. Mm-hmm. If you were getting rescued, your first thought wouldn't be like, okay, gotta just shut off this transmission and then we can go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
If you set up something that's going to work for 16 years, you probably just leave it, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the next morning, we lock, we find out, was making... Now, originally I thought, wow, he did a really piss-poor job making this whistle. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was on purpose. He was making a dog whistle. And he, uh, he gets Vincent uh, to run out of the forest, lay down at on the beach um now that's not how dog whistles work right doesn't it just, just make them go insane it just make it just makes it so that they can hear it like it doesn't mean that they're just gonna like like you have to train a dog to come to a dog right. whistle. but it maybe maybe they did maybe there's a maybe we'll get a vincent flashback that's what um, this show is missing so far not enough yes. Vincent flashbacks so and so now i think is a good time to do our final i think we've kind of talked about all the other actors uh, up until this point, but we have a final uh, uh, little actor background here. Um, so this actor obviously is a good girl. She's such a good girl. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, Vincent is played by Madison, the dog. So casting against gender, but that's fine. Dogs don't tend to care about that. And she was, interestingly enough, um, she was up for Air Bud. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She auditioned. Well, I think she auditioned using sides from Air Airbud, but mm -hmm. like, I think you know they always meant for her to play Vincent, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Madison was born in 1999, pre Y2K. She made it through just fine. Um, would you like to hear some great news, Emma? Yes. Emma's uh, or Emma Madison is still kicking. What? She, yeah, she's she's still going. It's uh, she's twenty three years old at this what? point. I know. <laughs> oh, good for her. She must I just know. have the best life. Yeah, she. Uh, I looked it up. Looks like Yellow Labs can, like the oldest recorded Yellow Lab lived till uh, it was twenty seven. Um, so Madison's gunning be, for it. Yeah, I think Madison's going to take it. Mm -hmm. I predict that Madison will outlive me. That's my yeah, prediction. Yes. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, that makes uh, me so happy. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah. D did you see anything about her owners? Who they are? So is she? Um, it, yes, her. The trainer's name is Kim, and uh, they live on Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and I think she still kind of posts Instagram. Stuff about uh, Madison every once in a while and about Lost and that kind of stuff. Pretty great. I I hope that Madison ends up listening to this podcast at some point. Me too. Yeah. Jack um, is sitting out on the beach. He's uh, got nothing to do now that uh, he killed his only patient. Um, Kate goes out to join him. And Kate wants to tell Jack what she did. And Jack tells her, Kate, not until season three. Come on. <laughs> um, absurd. To find out what she... Come on. She wants to tell you. I'm so disappointed in him. Yeah. Uh, but he says everyone deserves a tabula rasa here on the island. Three days ago, we all died. And now we've got a new life here on the island. Uh, pretty interesting. I think a lot of people keyed in on that. Mm-hmm. Hurley listens to Wash Away by Joe Purdy. Which that would be my Lord of the Flies breaking moment. If somebody found like an iPod 
uh-huh. or like a Walkman or something. <laughs> like it's on. Yeah, you would uh, you would kill Hurley for that. You think? Yes. Just is yeah, that okay. is that psychotic to say? Is that weird to say? No, no, no. It's so it's it's totally a normal thing to say. He's listening to this. Is it? It's just a CD player, right? Yeah, I think he's just a Walkman. That would start a fight, and everybody. Yeah, for sure. For like, sure. Just walking around him. Yeah. Doing their thing. That would start a fight easily. Well, yeah, especially. Well, yeah, because if they don't have that, I think you're kind of have to resort to Charlie doing some acapella stuff around <laughs> the fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, that's a. Yeah, that's one of those things where you're, where you're just like, oh, I just packed. Uh, um, I just packed like some extra cliff bars mm-hmm. in my bag. So those were great, but they are gone now. Uh, this guy packed a uh, music, um, dang, wish I'd brought some sunscreen instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good choice, Hurley. You did, you did well there. So in my notes here, I have it written down. We get a nice montage of everyone being nice sweeties to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, to the song Wash Away. I think that is a pretty song. I do like it's that. It's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, Jin kind of brushes Sun's hair out of her face while she's sleeping. Uh, Boone gives Shannon some sunglasses. Uh, the look on his face when he walks away after giving her those sunglasses is so funny. He looks so satisfied. It makes me wonder if, like, there's something wrong with him. Like, I mean, did he yeah. rub, like, like, jalapenos on it or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is yeah. he so satisfied? <laughs> She's gonna put on the glasses and then sit down, and there'll be a whoopee cushion. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, and she—I mean, she looks thrilled. Um, so the reason for this is that uh, there was a deleted scene with a little subplot of uh, of Shannon breaking her glasses, oh, and so you can kind of see on the glasses he has them like fixed with a paperclip. Mm-hmm. So. Um, they don't have that in the show, and that reaction is weird because of it. Uh, Saeed throws Sawyer an apple. Charlie's taping up his fingers and writing late instead of fate, or was it the other way around? It was late. Yeah, he's writing late. I guess because they are, they're late to get rescued? I don't understand that. I... But it had, um, his, uh, pregnant girlfriend wanted yeah. a girlfriend in the background so is it because like well wife. she's late yeah <laughs> yeah she's she's nine and a half months late <laughs> yeah she and claire's in the background rubbing her belly talking to the baby um and then walt and vincent reunite oh i completely skipped over uh Locke gives michael vincent he tells michael uh that uh he wants uh michael to be the one to give walt very solid. Yeah, it's it's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, Walt and Vin- Michael brings out Vincent. They reunite. This is adorable. Uh, Malcolm David Kelly is great. Like he is really good on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, child actors can make or break stuff, especially dramas, and he does a good job. And then it ends on a very ominous shot of Locke. Uh, we get a nice tracking, or not tracking, but like a rotating shot of yeah. of Locke, starting on his regular side of his face, going around to the scar. Um, some kind of spooky, scary music. 
Yeah. There's I, it, it, if you, I don't know if you paused it at all, but if you do, there's one frame where it shows Locke crashing the plane in the middle what? of this little mountain. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, gonna... I just. <laughs> How did that I would miss be great. That? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is that vibe though. Like, <laughs> what is this? What is yeah. this guy? This evil man. Um. So, yeah, that's the end of Tabula Rasa. Just to uh, um, keep score here, I'd like to do this for every episode. We'll see if it gets to be too big of a task. Uh, Sawyer's nicknames for Saeed, he calls him Abdul and Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera, yep. Which uh, Charlie knows is a network, not a person. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think Sawyer cares. He calls Jack Doc and he calls Kate Freckles. Freckles is a pretty cute nickname. I don't. That's cute. You know, he's racist on both sides. I don't know if Doc I would even call it a nickname, but he does call Jack that. But yeah, so that's episode three. Uh, great one. episode. I thought, yeah. Great episode. So far, Lost, pretty good TV show. And obviously we don't know whether or not that's going to hold true, but up three to this point three. it has been. Yeah, three for three, for mm-hmm. sure. All right, Nolan, I have an interesting fact that I'd like to share with you and our listeners. Okay. On this day in history, um, mm-hmm. when it aired in October, um, appearing before the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, uh, Charles Dolfer, uh, head of the Iraq Survey Group, announced that the group found no evidence that Iraq under Saddam Hussein had produced any weapons of mass destruction since 1991. So I just thought that was interesting because so much... That can't be right. That's... We had solid evidence, is what I heard. <laughs> yeah. I remember I being told that, and I don't think the president would ever lie to us about that no, kind of and thing. I remember like seeing that on the news. Yeah. And seeing it in newspapers. Yeah, and um, those things don't lie. Yeah. So, I just thought it was really interesting because so much of the show, it really encapsulates post-9-11. Sure. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, seemed very relevant to the show. Um, yeah. And I wonder, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched the show, but just knowing that uh, the announcement came after a few episodes had aired, I wonder if that changed the discussion in the writer's room at all or the trajectory of some of the things that they wanted to do um, or if it, you know, had any impact on the story. Yeah, I mean, we'll be getting, we're not there yet, obviously, but we'll be getting some Saeed flashback episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for sure some of them take place in Iraq. It'll be, in, yeah, it'll be definitely really interesting to see if that maybe affects how how the, the war is portrayed. Like, like I said before, Saeed being a main character is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that seems like something not a lot of shows would be willing to do. Obviously, now we have, I would say, probably a spiritual successor to Lost, uh, the United States of Al. Mm-hmm. Have you ever checked in on that one? I. It's good. I'll say that now. It's real good. Uh, quality show. <laughs> when it got canceled, I uh-huh. was crying and shaking. It's yeah, for sure. It's such a good show. Well, you were, you were the one that. Started the hashtag, yeah, uncance uncancel Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, my claim to fame. Bring back 
I, you, I need my owl. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. I need yeah. my owl. I need my owl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, in, uh, in 2004, that's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely interesting. And yeah, we'll see it as the show goes on. It's a very cool time capsule of maybe not like the exact opinions that are going around in the mainstream, but in what pop culture is portraying of those opinions. Mm-hmm. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, well, so next week we'll have episode four walkabout. Hopefully the Hulu thumbnail doesn't spoil anything from this one. Did you notice that the, the, the Hulu thumbnail of this episode is a uh, is just a screenshot of the image of Kate's mugshot. No, I did so, not. So, that. so if you're like starting episode <laughs> one, there's zero tension about the who are the handcuffs for right. from the pilot because uh, you already know it's Kate. Yeah, I purposely try to not look so I can stay surprised because they do sometimes uh, give stuff away. Yeah. Well, all right. So this has been episode three, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We would like to extend the offer once again to anyone who's involved in the television program Lost, which aired starting in 2004 on the ABC channel. We would love to have you on the program. Madison, if you're listening, you would be the biggest gut. Madison, we love you, here. Madison. Madison, come here, girl. <laughs> come on. Come on the podcast. Come on. Uh, yeah. Madison, we stand. We're Madistans. Madistans, yes. Um, we love you, Madison. But even if you're a lowly human and not a beautiful lab, uh, we would like to speak with you. So please, uh, you can find us on Twitter at all the best pods. Drop us a DM. Also, please rate, review, subscribe. Give us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is important. I don't know why. I don't know what we get from that. We certainly... Validation. Yeah. Yeah. I Number need some... one. Guys, please. I need a win. Yeah. So badly right now. Just give me one one five-star review. Would go so much for me right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, until next time. Oh, I didn't think of a really good way to end the show. All right, well, guys, until next time, remember, Charlie was in a band. Bye. Bye. How was that? Was that a good ending? It was good. Okay, good. I like to get lost. All right, I can stick with get lost. Get lost.